All right, well, if you could turn to uh, whoops, Joshua chapter 2. We're going to look at the two spies and Rahab. Joshua chapter 2. All right. So by way of background or introduction, the Lord has promised land to the people of Israel. And uh, I read that it, um, one uh, author puts it this way. He says, in the book of Exodus, God records how he led his people out of the land of bondage. While in the book of Joshua, he tells us how he led his people into the land of blessing. So now, um, when you come to Joshua, the book of Joshua, the, uh, the people of Israel are basically on the one side of Jordan and the promised land is just over the river Jordan on the other side. And all they needed to do now was to go in and to possess the land. All right. And God is encouraging Joshua, if you read in verse, chapter 1, verse 8, he says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So if Joshua and the people wanted to succeed in taking the land and be prosperous in that which God set them forth to do, they needed to keep God's words, that book of the law, in their mouth and on their heart through meditation. And um, so that would help them to observe, to do according to all that was written therein. And that's one of the reasons why we have our memory verse. And it just keeps the word of God on your heart and on your mind. And um, God promises to bless. He says, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee in Psalm 119. So um, Joshua then goes ahead after this and after the encouragement they receives from the Lord. He goes ahead and he commands the people to prepare vittles. And he tells them that they were going to begin to possess the land in three days and to prepare unto that day. Okay, so we get into our message here um, in Joshua chapter 2. Then Joshua sends out two young men to view the land around the same time that he tells the people that it's going to be three days until they go in. All right, um, so he sends two young men out on a mission to scout out the land and to gather intelligence, as they say in the military, or just information. Um, about the promised land and in particular Jericho we read that in um, Joshua 2 verse 1 and Joshua the son of Nun sent out from Shittim two men to spy secretly saying go view the land even Jericho and they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there okay so the reason for going out and spying out the land was this would be the first kingdom, Jericho would be the first kingdom that they would have to go against in battle. Um, and when, uh, so they obviously want to, to gather as much information as they can, the lie of the land and all that kind of thing. And um, uh, he sends them out and the two young, young men go. They cross over Jordan, they walk through the plain of Jericho. And uh, when they reach Jericho, they find a house and we find out later that it's on the town wall to lodge in. Okay, so they're up in the town wall and from there it's an elevation and they'll be able to survey the city and its surroundings. Okay, so from our point of view, from man's point of view, they're doing all they can to be wise about their mission and the future battle with Jericho. But as always, when we're in the will of God and walking in his ways, God is working behind the scenes in ways they can't even imagine. 
So um, the one way that God is working behind the scenes um, guiding um, the steps of these two young men um, in their mission is, uh, you know, you could say Joshua sent out spies, but God sends out messengers because they end up in this one house. All they're simply trying to do is accomplish their mission, get the information that they need and get back to Joshua as soon as they can. But they end up in the only house in the whole city that would have received them. Okay, so, um, you know, you think about that just like uh, in the story of um, um, in Genesis where Abraham sends out his um, eldest servant, Eliezer, to find a wife for Isaac. Um, he, he, Eliezer does what he can and he prays the Lord to help him. But um, God guides him right to where he ought to be. And um, Eliezer says this in Genesis 24, 27. Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who had not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I, being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So in the same way, these two young men are led just to the right house. It, basically, if they called any other place or tried to do um, to stay anywhere else, they probably would have been caught and it probably wouldn't have been a great situation. But God was guiding their steps. So um, another way you could say it is Joshua sent them to Jericho, but God sent them to Rahab. Again, the spies don't know it, but God wanted them to meet Rahab. Okay. Um, in John 4, um, you know, we read that, that um, Jesus is heading back up into Galilee. And um, it says in, in John 4, 4, and he must needs go through Samaria. Okay, so Jesus specifically went to Sychar so he could meet that Samaritan woman at the well. That conversation led, her to, um, led to her getting saved. And in the same way, God sent two men to a woman who had heard the wonderful works that God did in Egypt and how he was with the children of Israel. And I'm sure, like Mary, she pondered those things in her heart. And now she would meet two servants of the Most High God and be able to ask them questions and hear their answers. So they, they didn't know that they were bearing the good news uh, unto Rahab. Or, you know, that's why the Bible says, be ready always um, to give an answer of the hope that lies within you with meekness and fear. Okay, so we'll push on. So Rahab had a choice to make. We'll find out what happens here in verse 2. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth men that are come to thee, the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. So, of course, you know, for the two young men, um, being right in the middle of God's will, does it mean... That, that we won't experience pushback, okay? Um, so someone had recognized them, or seen them go, two men go into Rahab's house, and they sent word to the king. And, um, you know, obviously the people of Jericho were very aware that the children of, of Israel were encamped nearby, and um, that they would meet them in battle, of course, okay? And um, um, the other thing that you can notice here is, it's interesting that they recognized them as strangers immediately. So, um, you know, perhaps like the way, um, you know, when we're around, we might recognize tourists in a certain town or a place just by maybe by the way they're dressed or or what they're doing. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that, um, you know, uh, the children of Israel wandered around for 40 years and their clothes wax not old. <laughs> um, so it could be that they had, you know, hand-me-downs, you could imagine, or 
um, just the style that um, the Israelites dressed in might have been instantly recognizable that it wasn't like the style in Jericho. Okay, um, and uh, that's interesting. The Bible teaches that Christians are strangers and pilgrims on the earth, and we should be recognized as that. And you know, obviously, uh, we're striving, of course, like Jesus teaches us, not to hide our identity in Christ under a bushel. So now back to the story. Rahab also would have recognized the spies immediately. And um, now she has a choice to make. All right. Now let me catch up here. Ah. Um, so now she has a choice to make. We'll read, um, well, let's see here. Um, Rahab would have also recognized the spies immediately. And now she has a decision to make. Would she help them or would she help her people? You know, it was certainly um, an opportunity, let's say, if, she, if, she thinks, if you think about it here, to stop Joshua from knowing any weaknesses in the city's defenses. And um, it would have given Jericho a better chance in the battle, perhaps. Okay? We're talking about what she might have thought about. Okay? But on the other hand, to go against the children of Israel would be to go against their God, the same God that destroyed Egypt and parted the Red Sea. All right. So um, she would have instantly recognized them when they came in. And then we've read there that not long after, there's a knock on the door and there's people um, commanding her in the king's name to bring out the two men that they'd seen go in. So let's read what she does here in verse 5. And it came to pass. Okay. Oh, in verse 4, sorry. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Where did they went? Where did the men went? I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. Verse 6, But she had brought them up to the roof of the house, and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords, and as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. So um, <laughs> Rahab, uh, she makes a quick decision to hide the spies, and she, she tells the king a tall tale, <laughs> a lie, okay? Um, and with this choice or with this decision, she's basically casting her lot in with the two spies and their cause. This is basically an act of treason against the king. And if he finds out she has lied, it will be her death sentence. So she's throwing herself at the mercy of um, the spies and their God. Okay? And um, if you go to John 12, um, that same principle is written here. Jesus teaches it. We'll start in verse um, 24. Jesus is speaking here. John 12, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Okay? So we find out here, we're finding out um, a little bit about um, the heart change that has occurred in Rahab's life. You know, we read there in, um, in verse 1 
that when the spies came, they came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Okay, so Rahab has um, a very sinful background, you know, and, you know, the Bible says, of course, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay, but evidently she has um, uh, uh, realized her need, um, you know, the, the, um, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And we know, and our conscience speaks to us and tells us that we're not right and that we're not um, maybe as righteous as we think we are. And um, th th this decision that Rahab makes reveals her heart, okay? And we'll find out a little bit more in a minute. But if you turn to James chapter 2, it mentions Rahab here in this um, portion of Scripture. James chapter 2 and verse, we'll go from verse um, 24. And this is speaking about faith working along with works or deeds. Uh, James is speaking here and he says, Ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Okay? So, you know, this kind of faith that um, the Bible is talking about in James 2 is a declaration of faith. Okay? It's, it's a man talking and saying, I believe, I believe that there is one God. Okay? And he's making a statement of faith. But um, there has to be fruit to go along with that declaration. Okay? Um, and uh, James is arguing here that, you know, if someone says they're a Christian, it doesn't mean a whole lot. But you have to look at their life. And the Bible says, by their fruits, ye shall know them. And in the same way, we look at Rahab and we look at the decisions that she's making here now. And how she's uh, dying to the things of the world or dying to self. And she's choosing to throw herself at the mercy of God, um, come what may. Okay, and this is a little bit about um, Rahab. You know, you know, I had a same ex a similar kind of, uh, just to illustrate, um, I had, when I was um, a teenager, I had two friends, both named Mike. <laughs> and they both said that they were my friend, okay? But then one day, uh, uh, a guy was up to no good in our neighborhood. And he came up to me, and he was trying to pick a fight. And um, as you could tell, I'm a, I'm a fighting person, right? <laughs> um, I didn't want to fight, and uh, I said, I'm not interested in fighting. And... Um, the guy was getting pretty aggressive and things like that, and uh, he ended up he ended up punching me, and <laughs> one of my friends um, stepped in one of the mics, and he stepped in and he said leave him alone and he got a punch as well, and then the guy ran off, okay and then when we turned around, the other mic was gone, <laughs> so you know when um, when the going gets tough you know you find out um, who's for real who's really your friend who will stand up for you and who won't you know and I found out which mic was uh, really my friend and to the other mic I forgive you it's okay <laughs> but uh, I just thought it was a good illustration all right so let's move on here Rahab's prayer so now we're going to find out even more about Rahab okay and um, what's going on in the inner man as the Bible calls it okay so when the coast was clear Rahab goes back up to where the men are hiding and talks with them here okay and we're going to find out a couple of things more about her now so we're back in Joshua chapter 2 and we're in verse 8. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof, and she said unto the men, 
I know that the Lord had given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when he came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. Okay, so here we find out a lot more about Rahab and what she's thinking. Okay, so she does, just like we read in James here, she does give a statement of faith there in verse 9, a statement of faith and fear of the Lord. She says, um, I know that the Lord had given you the land. I believe what God has told you and what I've heard um, that, and, and that your terror has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. So she, she believes the promise of God that he said that he would give unto the children of Israel a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay? And, um, yeah. you know, faith is, is defined in Hebrews chapter 11 as um, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? And um, so she's saying here that she believes and that um, um, that that promise that God gave. And, and in the next verse then, she testifies of God's wonderful works. Okay, so she has like a testimony here. And she says, we've heard what he's done, how he's dried up the water of the Red Sea and um, when they came out of Egypt and how um, what, what he did unto the, the king Sihon and Og. Okay, so she's giving a testimony of God's works. Um, so this is often, you know, some fruits of, of a Christian. When you would meet them, you would... Um, you know, you would hear them say or uh, gather that they believe in God, that they trusted in Jesus, that they have the fear of the Lord. And you would hear them talk about God's works, obviously because um, whether it's in their own lives, that their testimony of salvation, or what are the things that they're talking about that they've been reading in the Bible. Okay? Um, so this is something that Rahab's done also. And uh, in verse 11, she confesses that the Lord is God. So... Um, I'm not particularly aware of the particular God that um, the people of Jericho did serve. Okay, but she's saying here, um, at the end of verse 11 here, the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Okay, so she confesses that the Lord, he is the God. The same way, uh, same kind of um, testimony like um, when uh, Elijah um, um, when he challenged the, the prophets of Baal um, to, to, you know, the, to uh, pray to God and the God that answered by fire he would be, um, he would be shown as the real God okay, so she's saying that same kind of testimony like the people said once they saw the fire come down and um, burn up um, the altar and finally she prays for the salvation of her so salvation here is um, that they would be saved alive in battle. Salvation of her and her family. So um, 
She's asking them to show her kindness and give her a, a true token to promise that they'll save her life and all her household, all her father's household. Okay? Um, so we'll read what happens next here. Uh, verse 14. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if you utter th not this our business. And it shall be, when the Lord had given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may ye go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless um, of this thy note which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of um, thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever we shall, um, shall be with thee in the house, his blood um, shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou um, and if thou order this our business, then we 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 will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. I'll read that for for the moment. So um, I kind of read through all of that, so I'll go through it quickly here. But before the men leave, they remind her to bind this line of scarlet thread in the window. All right, um, and this is this is a great part. Um, oh, I'll get onto that in a minute, actually. And so. Basically, they bind the, 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 the rope in the window, and then she was going to bring all her father's household home unto her, and they were told, no one shall go out, and um, they were told, don't tell the king anything, okay? So it's interesting here, the similarity with the scarlet thread. So there's that red um, marking on the house, and everybody was supposed to come in, and none was supposed to go out. That's very similar to the Passover, where they marked on the lintel and the side posts of the door with the blood of the lamb. And um, they were supposed to all stay in the house for when the angel of death passed over. And um, if anybody went out, their blood was on their own head, of course, in that sort of sense. Um, uh, so it's an interesting similarity here. We'll come back to that. So um, uh, just for the sake of time, the, um, the spies go out and they hide in the mountains for three days, the rest of the three days, I guess. And uh, they return a good report onto Joshua. And basically they say in the end of 24 there, if you're still in John, Job, Joshua 2, truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. Amen. Okay. So we'll push on here. Rahab's redemption. It's our last point here. So just like we were just talking about there, she, she did what, um, what was asked of her. Um, and she kept, she immediately sought to keep her part of the agreement. So she bound the scarlet cord in the window. Okay, and um, if you've heard any preaching on on Rahab, you know you might have heard um, this phrase, the, the or read anything, the scarlet thread of redemption. Okay, so people talk about this scarlet thread of redemption that runs through the Bible, and what they're talking about is um, the types or shadows of Christ saving sinners in the Old Testament. Okay, so just like I mentioned there previous, where there's a similarity with the Passover and. Um, as well here for um, uh, with the scarlet thread and staying inside the house, okay? 
um, you'll find that um, the scarlet being representative of blood, that runs through all of the Old Testament in, in one way or another. So um, everything from God making coats of skins for Adam and Eve to the sacrifice that Abel brought to the ark the Noah and his family had to stay inside the ark to be saved. Um, Abraham sacrificing Isaac, the, the God will provide himself a lamb. And I already mentioned the Passover lamb. Okay, So this scarlet thread here pictures the blood of Christ and the same way one would use a thread to mend something and make it whole again. Through the blood of Christ, a sinner can be made new or um, mended, I guess you could, you could say. Um, the Bible says... Um, um, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Okay, And then it's interesting, they use some different words to describe this, this, scarlet, um, this scarlet thread. Um, in, in verse 21 there, it was called um, a scarlet line. And um, that's like a lifeline that you would throw out. You know, we sing that song, um, throw out the lifeline, one of the verses of that is that this is the lifeline, oh grasp it today. See, you are recklessly drifting away. Voices in warning shout o'er the wave, oh grasp the strong lifeline, for Jesus can save. And then if you go back to verse 15, it calls it um, a scarlet cord. Okay, and then you, you know, you could say a, a cord binds one thing to another. So, the same way the blood of Christ binds the sinner to the Savior. Uh, um, we sing, uh, Standing on the promises, another hymn, and some of the words from that are Standing on the promises of Christ my Lord, bound to him eternally by love's strong cord. Okay, so this, this is great. Um, some wonderful types and shadows there of salvation um, in Joshua 2. So the second thing here is um, Rahab goes to all her relatives to witness unto them. Okay, so she'd have to go and persuade her relatives to come into her house. All right, so it doesn't look like she has very much time. You see here, the two men, they have they wait three days in the mountain once they leave, okay? And then um, when they're back the very next morning, Joshua comes and they start the siege in Jericho and they had to walk around um, without saying anything and the priests are blowing um, the trumpets, blowing the horns, and they do that for a total of seven days. So you've got roughly about 10 days or so, if the timing is right there, for her to convince all of her family um, to come into her house. So that's quite, quite an amazing um, burden that she's been given. All right. And in the same way, you know, the Bible tells us that, um, therefore knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Okay. Um, you know, and I think she, she, she didn't know that what the plan of the Israelites was going to be. So, um, she probably thought she had less time um, than that to convince them, okay? And, um, you know, each relative, just like we learned in the Passover, each person had to make an own personal decision to, um, to take part in the Passover. Here, each relative would have to decide for themselves whether they believed the truth that judgment was coming and that the only way to be saved was to do what God said, okay? And there's a, there's a great phrase here in Exodus 9, for when God is bringing the plagues, and these are judgments upon Egypt, okay? Um, and it says a phrase here in Exodus 9, it says, 
in Exodus 9.20, He that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the houses, because there was a grievous hail coming. But it says in 21, And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. Okay? Um, so they would have had to make that decision. And also, let's not forget, you know, um, who Rahab was. It was. She was Rahab the harlot, okay? And this would have been humbling for the family, perhaps, okay? Um, you know, obviously, first, the good news is coming through Rahab the harlot, okay? And um, second, she would have been telling them that they had to come down um, to the seedy part of town. You know, she's Rahab the harlot, and her, and her house was down, essentially, probably in a bad side of town. They might call it the red light district. That's where the scarlet thread is where you get that, that term from. And they would have had to enter into this house of disrepute, okay? And they were going to have to put aside their pride and their self-righteousness and what other people might think and put their faith and their trust in Rahab's God, the God of Israel, okay? Um, and that's, that's something to overcome. And it's something for everybody to overcome, of course. Um, let's see, Jesus talks about, uh, some, about this in Matthew 21. In verse 38, he says, um, where am I going here? I don't know if I've got the right reference. 21. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So, Matthew 21, 28. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go to work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them twain did the will of his father? Jesus asks here and he says, and The people say unto him, The first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, That the publicans and the harlots Go into the kingdom of God before you. Um, and he's, he's talking about John the Baptist here. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward that ye might believe him. Okay? So there's always, you know, the same way the Bible says that Jesus was numbered with the transgressors. It's always going to be a humbling thing to, um, um, to come to, to Christ. It's, there's no proud way to get saved. You get saved um, by admitting that you're a sinner, that your righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and that there's no good deed that you could do, there's no wonderful thing that you can impress God with, but you just need to come the way he said, and come through Jesus Christ, the righteous. And um, that's not something that people will, gen that the world will applaud you for, okay? Um, First Peter 5, 6, another reference here first Peter 5 6 says humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time okay so we're talking here about the fact that Rahab's family will have to make a choice whether they wanted to go down and um, accept the truth from her for one and in general for it to be true okay so we'll push on from here the day comes for Jericho to be destroyed, okay? So essentially, you know, if, you, um, if you've read Pilgrim's Progress, um, uh, Christian, he's a, he's a resident of a place called the City of Destruction, okay? And 
basically judgment is going to come and destroy that place. And it could come at any moment, okay? So um, the day comes for judgment to come, to, to, be, to fall on Jericho in Joshua 6 now we're in. And it says 20 and 21, they've, on the seventh day in the siege of Jericho, they actually walked around seven times. And then on the seventh time, when they heard a long blast of the horns, they had to shout. And this is where we pick up here in Joshua 6.20. It says, so the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass, with the edge of the sword. Okay, so, um, you know, we find out, you know, she, she asked the two spies to keep a promise, and they relayed that to Joshua. Okay, and then... Um, he, he obviously agrees to the same terms, okay? But we find out just from, this, um, uh, from these few verses now that we're going to read in a minute that God has also heard Rahab's prayer um, by the fact that the walls fell down everywhere except where Rahab's house was, okay? So let's read 22 and 23. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath as he swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent out uh, sent to spy out Jericho okay so um, um, just like the spies were delivered from the king of Jericho the family are saved of life um, essentially I, I think by coming down that same scarlet cord the same way the spies came down okay um, so I, I, I think that because the walls fell down everywhere except for where Rahab's house was on the town wall and um, the only way down probably was to come down by that cord and this, they would be saved the same way Rahab was saved okay and for the fact that um, you know um, I'm saying here that her house didn't fall down and that part of the wall didn't fall down you know uh, the ruins of Jericho still exist today and um, excavations um, show that uh, one part of the wall is still standing and um, for some unknown reason, of course, but we know that um, it's likely that Rahab's house was right there where on that one part of the wall that didn't fall down, whereas the rest did. Okay, so Rahab and her family, like we read in verse 25 there, were given a new start and a new life in the promised land along with the children of Israel. Okay, and, um, you know, we read that um, God honors her, um, honors her faith, you could say a lot about her faith, all right? But God honors her faith in Hebrews 11, where um, he says here in, um, where is it, uh, verse 31, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she received the spies with peace. So she's in 
quite good company here in Hebrews 11 with the likes of Noah, Abraham and Sarah, um, Moses and uh, there's a Rahab right here. Um, it's pretty amazing and it's an amazing faith that she shows and it's very encouraging to us. And there's a really happy ending um, <laughs> if you turn to Matthew 1. Um, so we've read there, God honors her faith. Um, but uh, what happens next, the end, of, the end of the story is that Rahab, you know, it says there that she was ended up living in Israel. She married um, a man named Salmon. Perhaps he was a fisherman. And uh, they ended up having a son named Boaz. And I don't know if you know the rest of that story. Boaz ended up marrying uh, a mobile girl named Ruth. And they had a son named Obed. And I don't know who Obed married, but Obed ends up having a son named Jesse. And Jesse has a bunch of sons, but the youngest of those is David the king. And that's in Matthew 1, 5 and 6. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rechab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. Verse 6, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon. I've heard that had been um, the wife of Uriah. So she has quite a heritage there, this being the lineage leading on to um, uh, Joseph, the husband of Mary, um, of whom in verse 16 was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So that's amazing. The great story of salvation and what God can do with a life to surrender to him. Okay, so as a conclusion, Joshua sends out spies to Jericho and um, Rahab had a choice to make, okay? Um, and remember, the two spies went to uh, a city whose days were numbered, okay? And the Bible says, and as it is appointed to man, one unto men wants to die, and after this, the judgment, okay? So, because of that, Rahab had a choice to make. Um, and, and we do too, okay? If you're unsaved, are you, are the things that you are living for worth living and dying for? Rahab decided that the things of this world were nothing compared to the riches of forgiveness and eternal life found in Jesus Christ alone. Mark 8.36 says, For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And then it says here, Rahab prayed for salvation. Rahab knew that God was going to do what he said he would do. She believed the account she had heard of the miraculous and terrifying things God had done in the past. What about you? Do you believe the things written in the Bible? Do you believe that they truly happened? Okay, or is it just some nice storybook um, that probably helps some people? Okay, are you willing to pray to the God of the Bible and ask him for the things that only he can provide? Now the Bible promises, John 6, 37, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. And then it says here, God answered Rahab's cry for redemption. You know, maybe... You didn't understand before, but now you realize that God's judgment could come any day now. It was true yesterday, it's true today, and it'll be true, of course, until the day that that judgment comes. Just like Rahab obeyed the word of the messengers, the Bible says in Acts 17.30, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Jesus also says, you must be born again in John 3.7. So have you obeyed the gospel? Acts 17, 31 continues and it says, Because he hath appointed a day 
in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he had raised him from the dead. And who's that talking about, of course, but Jesus Christ. Amen. So, if you're not saved today, you can be saved. Um, all you need to do, the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And for those of us who are already saved and can rejoice in our salvation, um, you know, the challenge is to, um, to look at the two spies and see that um, we've got a message to bring to the world. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And um, you know, think about your family members, things, people who are unsaved. Um, don't let the world go to hell without trying to do something about it. Okay, so, um, you know, if you need help with that, of course, we can't do anything without the Lord, but we can draw an eye unto him. And he, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for our time in your word. Thank you for the story of Rahab. And it's an incredible story, Lord. There's so much in it, Lord. There's so much more we could have talked about. Um, I pray, Lord, that um, you would not let us forget these things. And I pray also, Lord, that um, you would use um, your word, Lord, in the life of um, anyone who's uh, listen to the message Lord whether saved or unsaved I pray that you would do a work in their heart um, and only you can do and so I pray um, that you would do that Lord and I pray for these things in Jesus name Amen Amen so um, we'll be back again next week Pastor will be preaching prayerfully he will anyway he'll be back home um, so don't forget to pray for him for safety and um, next week is Father's Day um, hopefully you won't have to see this online that you can join us and uh, if you are planning on coming to one of the services, please let us know so that we can um, just make sure we have enough space and things like that. Um, so God bless you and have a great Lord's Day.